0: All right, ladies, this is the part of the show that I get to give you a big old virtual hug and thank you for reviewing the podcast, my labor of love. These ratings and reviews seriously mean the world to me. This comment comes from Advo Emmy. Emmy says, This podcast isn't your mother's podcast. Maddie gets into the real deal stuff when it comes to living on purpose in multiple areas of life. I love her interview style and how she highlights her skills as an awesome question asker that will inspire you to get into action. Hit the subscribe button now, sister. You won't regret it. Emmy, what would I do without you and your amazing words? Thank you so much for your support. And I would love to hear what you think of the show. Leave a review, and I will give you a shout out on a future episode. Oh my goodness, you guys. It is is our podversary. Six months of the Living on Purpose podcast coming at you each and every week. I cannot believe that it's already been six months and we need to celebrate. So what we're going to do is to run a month-long share the love contest. And here's how it's going to work. There are three ways to enter into this contest. However, even though there's only three ways to enter. Entries are unlimited. There is no such thing as oversharing in this contest. So, the three ways to get an entry is, number one, give the podcast a five-star rating and write a review. Easy peasy. Number two, Share a screenshot of the podcast on Facebook or Instagram. And make sure you tag me, Maudie Wolner, to make sure that you get the credit. And lastly, share about the podcast and your stories. Again, tag me. The more sharing, the more entries. This contest, the Share the Love contest, will run right now through March 20th. And the winner will get a free month Of coaching for the entire month of April, which includes four one-on-one coaching calls. And this prize, you guys, is valued at over $500. So this is a real deal. I'm so excited to celebrate six months of Living on Purpose podcast with you and with this contest. And of course, thank you for tuning in. If it wasn't for you, I couldn't have turned this dream into a reality. And thank you for sharing the love. Welcome back to the Living on Purpose podcast. You are tuning in to an episode that has been on my heart for about a week now, and it's the thought of how this COVID-19 is going to, without a doubt, affect our intimate relationships, whether it's our spouse or partner boyfriend, whatever situation that you're in right now, there is no getting around the fact that this crisis will have an impact on your relationship. Now, to give you a little bit of perspective, I just want to share where I am in the country. We live north of Seattle, about about an hour north of Seattle. My insurance agency is in Snohomish County. Snohomish County is the first county that had the first death in the United States from COVID-19. So, I really consider myself unfortunate, and I consider myself on the front lines of this crisis. We have been dealing with this for for weeks. It has been on my mind for weeks, and um, so we have been um, in the midst of making really, really hard, hard decisions. Um, so this this episode is focused on what Tom and I have gone through, and what we have committed to doing going forward. Now, this is about two weeks new, right? This is fresh. The kids just got um, noticed that their school is closed for six weeks. So this is brand new. Um, I am sure I will be sharing more tips, tools, resources for your partnership, for your relationship going forward. This is just where we're at right now. These are my personal thoughts, my personal experiences. I am no medical professional. um, And so I just want to clear the air with that right away. I saw this post on social media. And honestly, I've been trying to stay off of social media as much as possible, because it really does just instill this fear in myself. And so realizing that I have been, been very um strategic about how much I allow uh, my intake to be. But I did see this post that said uh in humor, you know, that that we will be um seeing a baby boom in about 9 months and they called it something like like I don't know what it was what it was called. It was really funny, but um they said that that in 9 months we're going to be having a baby boom. And I know this is absolutely horrible and this is just the way my mind works sometimes, but my Initial thought was, I don't think we're going to be having a baby boom. I think we're going to be having a divorce boom, a separation boom, which is so horrible. And I really believe that this crisis, this COVID 19 crisis, could potentially be the biggest trauma that some of our relationships ever experience. So, knowing that, how do we proactively take steps? To ensure that, yes, it could be the biggest trauma. And It also could be the biggest moment of strength of our relationship, the biggest moment of emotional connection, and the solidifying moment in our relationships as we navigate this ever changing crisis. You know, I know and I do not take for granted the privilege that I have, right? The position that I have. And I know that the stress that Tom and I have is. Minimal compared to so many other families. I completely realize that, understand that, and I'm so sympathetic to people going through stress that I am not subject to. There's so many things to worry about right now, you know, like so much uh, conversation has been around the kids. What are we going to do with the kids for six months? And I honestly think the biggest most important relationship in all of our lives is our intimate relationship because the kids are going to grow up and they're going to move out. Okay. And the kids are go- are resilient. They're going to be amazing. And yes, we need to focus on keeping them healthy and safe and uh, entertained. And I think that it is more critical to get a united front with our partners. So yes, we're going to be worrying about the kids. We're going to be worrying about health. We are going to be worrying about finances. I mean, oh my God, holy shit, the stock market, right? I mean, day to day, hour to hour, the stress. We're going to be worrying about um, our jobs and our parents. And there is so, so, so much to stress about that I've firmly believe that if we can really proactively focus on solidifying our relationships that we will have such a better better odds, right, at handling all of these stress. So, as I mentioned we're on the front line, let me tell you how it's been affecting me and Tom so far. And um yeah, because it has been <laughs> on the hour. <laughs> Um, Tom this last week uh, had a guys trip planned and it was to Vegas for the not March Madness, but I think the Pac-12 conference, I'm not quite sure. Now, um his trip was overnight Tuesday to Wednesday or Wednesday to Thursday. I I can't even ca- keep track of the days right now. Uh and he had tickets to um go to the games on one of those days and As I'm listening to the news and as I'm watching um, what's happening with this crisis this past week, my anxiety started to rise and I started to really get internally resentful of the fact that Tom was still going to go on this trip. He was going to get in an airplane and go and stay in a hotel and um, do zero social distancing, which is what um, I was starting to focus on for our family. And unfortunately, I did it, I did this all wrong because I kept those feelings inside, okay? And how those feelings started to um, come out was through uh, nitpicking and um, snipping and hostility, right? And so that's how I acted for a couple days leading up to the trip. Tom got on a plane, he got down to Vegas and on the same day that he was going to the basketball tournament, the the March Madness, and I believe the NBA um, canceled all games or suspended the season. And so it was finally at that moment that I asked for what I needed. And I said, Tom, I really would like you to not go to the basketball game. Yes, I know you're down in Vegas and you're around people and all the things. And my worry and fear is that um, you're going to be in a, um, a stadium with thousands of people and we don't know where they've been and we don't know who they are and um you also we also don't know um if you're going to be surrounded by immune compromised people and the last thing that I want on our family's hearts is to spread anything to people who are on, in um, a more critical situation than we are so i finally i finally said please please don't go and Thankfully, we have been going to our therapist for a few, for probably a year, maybe more than a year now, and we have um, gotten to a point where he knows if I ask him something that serious, right, to hold back and not do something that he really wanted to do, and if I ask him in a way that lets him know that I'm feeling scared, he respects my request, And so he didn't go, and I'm so, so thankful. But that doesn't mean that I wasn't still resentful, right? So Tom got home, and I still felt that anger inside of me. I felt that, like, why the hell did you go, you know? And finally... (laughs) as a withdrawer in the relationship. And as if you are uh, familiar with emotion-focused therapy, you know that usually in most relationships, there's a withdrawer and a pursuer. I am the withdrawer. So my stumbling block is holding all these feelings inside and stewing and stewing and stewing on them. And what I'm learning slowly, obviously, as you can hear, is that if I can open my mouth and share my feelings – my feelings – um, not my words or my thoughts, my actual feelings. Um, then our relationship is so much stronger, and Tom can actually hear me. Uh, so when he got home, I was still bottling up some of these feelings, and I finally just said, "You know, I feel resentful." And he just looked at me, and he just said, "I know, and I'm so sorry. If I could take it back, I wouldn't have gone." And that moment is exactly what we needed, and we we hugged each other, and we looked at each other, and we said, "You know, this is going to be so fucking hard." And right now, we need to be one. We need to be on the same front. And so we are, and I know you are, navigating this literally minute to minute as we hear new information, as things change. Um, and and so I'm with you. We are not immune to the, the struggle of connection. And conversation, and so that's why I just want to be completely open and honest. And and I had a you know another experience where as a withdrawer, it takes me out. It takes it takes a lot for me to ask for what I need. It takes a lot for me to um, be vulnerable with my feelings, especially around fear and anxiety. And if you listen to the episode on my fear and anxiety, you will know that I have this limiting belief that I'm constantly um, reframing, that my fear, my anxiety is my weakness. And so the other night, um, I woke up in the middle of the night and I was anxious and I could feel it in my body and my mind was just going and going and spinning and spinning. and And I was thinking of all of the things that I know you're thinking about as well. And instead of rolling over and reaching for Tom and asking him just to hold my hand or hug me or cuddle me or snuggle me or spoon me. I got up and I reached for my anxiety medicine. And I'm so thankful that I have those in those moments. And um, I went back to bed. And the next morning, I realized that there probably could have been a better way for me in that moment. And I told Tom, you know, I'm, I had anxiety last night and he looked at me, you know, his eyes wide open, like, oh my God, babe, like, why didn't you tell me like, wake me up. And it's just another moment of, yes, I failed, (laughs) but also like, I didn't fail. I did the best that I could in the moment. And that's one of the things that I keep telling myself and my family is like, we need to stop the judging and, and comparing and, Just know that if we're doing the best that we fucking can in the moment that we're, then we're on the right track. And so that's what I did then. But then what I did is I opened my mouth and I said, here's what I'm going to do next time. Next time I'm going to roll over and I'm going to say, I'm scared. And I'm going to say, I need you to X, Y, and Z. And I'm going to ask for what we, what we need. And those are two of the biggest or bigger moments that we've had where we've kind of stumbled, right? Like stumbled as a as a couple and I've stumbled as a wife. And um, we've also had the, the, the little moments like, oh my, like, you know, what do we do about playdates and having arguments about that and um, arguments about like, and I don't want to say arguments or fights, they're just like probably more passionate dialogue um, about when we watch the news or how much news we consider or X, Y, and Z, right? We're all going through it. So how do we start to prepare, right? And I I, I still say we're preparing because it's just going to get harder. And if we can start thinking about it, and if we can start talking about it right now, like after you listen to this episode, Put down your phone and talk to your talk to your person. Hey, babe, I just listened to this podcast, and I don't know if what she's saying is gonna work for us, but let's at least have a conversation about the connection um, of our marriage, of our partnership. Let's have a connection conversation about how we can prepare for anything that's gonna start coming our way. So here's here's some thoughts. Number one is just that having an open dialogue. And an open dialogue, there's going to be a couple caveats here because we all hear things and react to things and internalize things different. So, even having an open dialogue about your open dialogue, here's what I mean: we are all going to be stressed at different times. So, if I hear something or see something on the news uh, that I want to share with Tom, I need to be really aware of where he is on his stress and anxiety and fear level, right? He doesn't feel it the same way I do. His his stress is, you know, like around the kids right now and everybody's up in his grill and he doesn't have his personal space. So, if I see something that I want to have a conversation with him about, about that serious, I need to ask permission. Hey babe, like um I just read this thing and I'd like to talk about it with you. Is now a good time? And Tom and our partners need to also be self-aware enough to say, no, babe, not right now. Let me like go on a walk. Let me take five minutes, whatever. And then also ask for what they need. Open dialogue at the right time is going to be critical. Now, the other thing about dialogue that I've learned through emotional focus therapy is talking more about feeling and less about you did this, or we need to do that. Talking more about feeling like, hey, I saw I saw in the news that school's gonna close, and I'm feeling really scared about what we're gonna do with the kids, and I'm feeling really like confused about what the social distancing is. Not a conversation like, hey, Schools are going to close. We need to socially distance. That means we're not going to the store, blah, 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 right? Just telling him how it's going to be, having an open dialogue about feelings. And also, you know, kind of going back to the whole Vegas thing, like, instead of me coming at Tom and being all like, you shouldn't have gone, and I can't believe you did this, and blah, 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 and like, all the thoughts, instead of coming at it with thoughts, coming at it with feelings, I... I'm feeling nervous that you decided to go and I'm feeling scared. That's a different conversation. We're still gonna talk about what we're gonna do in the future. We're still gonna talk about the fact that Vegas happened, right, the boys weekend or night happened and we're gonna come at it with feelings. So so that's my first tip. Open dialogue at the appropriate time and um, coming at it from a feelings perspective as opposed to like a thoughts perspective. My next tip is agreements. I read this in The Awakened Family. The Awakened Family had a great idea about family agreements, right? Where the parents come together and they say like, our agreement is that um, our kids will have a curfew of midnight. Basically, it's a rule. It's a family agreement that um, is set in stone. So, you know, now is a great time to come up with family agreements. There's going to be things that we're going to need to be flexible on. Like, obviously, we're going to have to still go to the store. We are personally socially distancing, okay? That's what my family's take is on this. Here's a really shitty part about this. My house is 100% under construction right now. Like, I do not have a kitchen. I do not have a downstairs. And um, we're having a couple construction guys come in each and every day. And so Tom and I had to have a conversation um, because – I uh, want to sign on the door, right? We're going to have a family agreement about when the construction people come into my house, ha- their hands are washed right away. When the construction people leave my house, we sanitize it. And when the construction people are in my house, my kids are not, you know, around them. And we ha- and then having these agreements are going to be really so critical. Like, and then also um, being flexible with the fact that we're going to mess it all up. This is so new to us, right? We're going to have to be so flexible and like laugh when we mess up. So obviously we have this agreement, like social distancing, which is like number one, no handshaking. Obviously this has been um, known, right? We're all talking about like the new handshake, the, um, the, what is it, elbow bump or whatever, and the foot shake and so just two days ago, the vacuum guy, like it, vacuum guy came and, um, I heard Tom answer the door and I heard, um, the guy go, Hey, my name's Ted. And then Tom's like, Oh, I'm time. Tom, nice to meet you. And I was like, you dumb I just knew from the other room that they shook hands. So these two guys come into the kitchen, quote unquote, I'm calling it a kitchen. And I go, boys, did you just shake hands? And there, Tom's like, oh my god, I can't believe we just did that. And I was like, get your asses over to the sink and wash your hands right now. And Ted um, was like, oh no, I'm um, I'm old school. Like, uh, you know, it's all good. I'm still shaking hands. And I was like, you know what, Mister Man, Mister Ted you're in my house and we have some agreements. We have some family code of conducts and handshaking isn't one of them. So come on over and wash your hands. So family agreements are going to be going to be critical. And also like, it's just going to avoid, I think, arguments. So we had a conversation, you know, that the kids aren't really going anywhere. We're going to take them to the golf course and they're just not going to go inside the club, right? We're going to stay away from people. And we had this conversation and literally an hour later, Aiden, my 17-year-old, comes in. He's like, hey, um, I know we're golfing later, so I'm going to run to Dick's Sporting Goods and get some uh, golf pants. And I just, it's devastating, right? It's not funny um, that, and I'm going to cry, that uh, these kids, right, they don't understand. And even though we just had a conversation about social distancing, it is going to be hard. And if we have these family agreements, The conversations are so much easier because it's like, instead of Aiden and getting angry and him not understanding, I can say, Aiden, remember that conversation that we just had? Remember our family agreement of social distancing? Yeah, that includes dicks and I'm sorry, bud. And he looks at me and he's like, oh yeah, duh, that's right. But without the family agreements, it would be a fight every single time. And we want to avoid that. So my uh, tip number two is is family agreements. Um, I have two more thoughts. One for our relationship is one, the next one, number three. All right. Pull us together, Maudie Okay. Um, is having one front with the kids. So before rolling out these family agreements, before making any decision on what we're going to do, really having a time for Tom and I to get together and say, how are we going to deal with this? Really making sure that when um, the kids ask something or we roll a new family agreement out or we put another, like, you know, rule in place or whatever, that Tom and I are on the same page because the kids are going to have questions and they're going to be stressed and they're going to not, you know, fight back. Okay. Fight back is not the right word, but debate is, is sure the word. And I hope they debate. I hope that they say, what, what are you talking about? I don't understand. And I, I hope that they question. And when they do, we as a couple want to be on the same page so that our unit, our relationship, our connection is on the same page and it's um, agreed upon and um, solid. That doesn't mean that Tom and I aren't going to have different opinions, let me tell you. We have different opinions like on the hour, every single hour on what's happening, right? Um, all that, all I'm trying to say is that coming to an agreement before you're rolling something out, before um, the debate happens. And if the debate happens and it looks like we're on different pages, then the debate stops. Hey, You know what? Your dad and I need to get together on this because we don't know what to do. We're doing the best we can and we're going to make a decision and we'll get back to you. And that's that we, you know, a minimum of six weeks, we're all together now. Being on the same page, having one solid front with the kids in our house is going to be critical. And that's my third suggestion. And my last one, this one is going to be key in the Wollner household, is finding ways to be intimate. Tom just said the other day, he's like, um, God, it's crazy. You know, we're not going to be able to date night. And um, I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast, but if you follow me on social at all, date nights have been critical to us. It is our night um, or lunch. We even like do date lunches. It's our time to um, have to ourselves, to have conversations, to um, reconnect and it was interesting. I was down in Portland for an event. And one of the questions that like, it was like an icebreaker. And one of the questions, what was it? It was like, where do you feel most confident? That was a question. Where and what situations do you feel more, most confident? And I instantly my mind goes to date night. And I said, oh my God, it's totally date night. It's date day. I feel most confident when Tom and I are sitting there having a, like sharing a fancy meal, sipping on, I'm drinking wine, he's drinking whiskey, Coke, and we're having a vulnerable, open conversation about what's going on in our lives and what we're feeling and what our dreams are and what our hopes are like. That's the moment I feel like most connected to him. That's the moment that I feel most confident. Okay. And so he brought this up just the other day. He's like, Maude, when are we going to, like, what are we going to do? We, you know, social distancing is going to um, keep us home. We're not going to have date night. And I said, I know. I was just thinking about that. And I was thinking about how we're going to find ways to be intimate. And so I said, you know, um, one thing I was thinking about is packing a dinner and driving our car somewhere and having a date night in the car. And he's like, and I was like, yeah, we can have our dinner in the car. He's like, that's not all we're going to be doing in the car. And I was laughing and we were talking and, um, and it's so true though. How are you, how are we going to find ways to be intimate, um, physically and emotionally, um, during this time? And we're going to have to be creative, right? Kids are in the house. Um, we are going to have to think, outside the box and um and that is going to be i want to say challenging and fun so i want to know like how are you going to find ways to connect and um keep solid and how are you going to prepare and um get ready for this crisis for your marriage, for your partnership, for your relationship, um, a miss, like in spite of all the stresses that are going to be coming at us, because they are. We cannot avoid it. Unfortunately, I wish we could. So how do you prepare? I am going to continue this conversation because um, I know that as prepared as we are right now, things are going to change minute by minute, hour by hour, day to day. And so Tom and I are going to be flexible in these rules, in our ideas, in our coping uh, mechanisms, and in our connection. So I want to know how you are going to stay connected. How are you and your marriage and partnership going to battle this COVID-19 crisis? Please share, let me know. um, And above all things, always keep living on purpose. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Living on Purpose podcast. It has been a blast hanging out with you. If you love this week's episode, please hit that subscribe button. That way you won't miss any future goodness we throw your way. Craving community and connection with like-minded badass women? Feel free to join us in the Living on Purpose Facebook group. And of course, the best gift that you could possibly give is an honest review on iTunes. All right, that's it. Until next time always keep living on purpose.